So today our main text is going to be in Romans 10 and Romans 15. If you want to turn there um, really quick, um, we're, going to, we're going to do a little skim of Scripture like we did last week because I'm really big on context. I don't like somebody coming to me and showing me one verse and saying, here, this is what God says. I want to hear the whole of Scripture has to say about things. And so it's important that we do that as we're reading. And so I just want to run through some scripture really quick um, for a second. I want us to see this morning what God's mission requires of his followers. And so if you're a follower of Jesus in here this morning, and just by chance, if you being an American, a lot of you would be like, hey, I'm, I'm a Christian. One, because it's probably on your Facebook or your Twitter account or something. And so we associate with Christianity as a nation, right? And we're a Christian nation, right? No, that's wrong. Listen, it's important that we understand that we're not Christians because we associate with Jesus. We're Christians because we follow him. We're submitted to him. We've bowed our knee to him. He's the Lord of our life. He's the Lord of, of everything that we are, everything that we do. He is the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that means we have submitted to him. And so I'm, I'm assuming this morning that there are people in this room who are Christians, who are followers of Jesus, who want to, to follow him in everything that they're doing. They're submitting their lives to him. But I'm also, I'm also assuming as we start this message today that, that there are people in this room who are claiming Christ but have a hard time pointing out fruit in their life right now. And then I'm also assuming there are people in here that don't pretend to be a follower of Jesus or just waiting for this message to be over. But they may know they need Jesus and just haven't taken that step yet. And I pray this morning that we would hear accurately what the word has to say. But as, we ask, as we've asked the question already, what's the one thing that drives everything else in your life? You remember that question? What's the one thing that drives everything else in your life? Is it the mission of God? Is it, is it to reach people with the gospel? Is it to be obedient to, the, to God's word? Or is it to pad your life with comfort, security, entertainment? And so the question that every cultural Christian in this room has to wrestle with is this. If you were those people who said, hey, I'm a Christian just because I associate with America and God, this is the one thing that's going to give you a hard time in that scenario of life is Acts 1.8. If you're, if you're associating with God and you come to Acts 1.8, then what do you do with this? It says, you receive power when Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so I look at this, and I look, and I see, what is a witness? We've done, we're, we're in the middle. We're actually on a break of a series called Witness. It's going to take a long time to finish it. So we're just taking a little break, okay? Come back in January. We'll start back. Okay, cool. So a, a witness, basically a witness provides evidence or testifies to something as being true or being false. A witness brings a testimony of something. And so is that your life? Or does your life bring a testimony of God's goodness in your life? Does your life bring about a, uh, just a, uh, evidence of God working in your life? Is there fruit being seen in your life as you walk out your life in obedience to following Jesus? And as I look at this verse, and as you look on this verse on the screen, you can look. There's some, there's some important grammatical things that I want you to look at. Is, is there some conjunction words used in this verse that are super important, Right? If you're reading scripture, you just look over this and you read it, it's over, you're going to miss it. But if you study scripture like we're called to do, you would see this. It says, in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. It doesn't say Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria or the ends of the earth because like we have some sort of menu to choose from of where we want to go or where we feel called to go. Like, listen, it's an all-encompassing call to go. 
And this is what the church has kind of messed up on, I think. We, we can't be so focused on Jerusalem, which our Jerusalem right now is Savannah, that we forget the ends of the earth or Judea or Samaria. We can't forget those things by focusing on Jerusalem. The mission of God is not divided. The mission of God is not sectioned off. The mission of God is holistic. It's one, it's one thing. It's one thing. But listen, but the church has taken this scripture and made it optional. The church has taken the Great Commission and has watered it down into a suggestion for those people who may be stronger in their faith, are bold enough to go, are no more scripture, are called to be a full-time missionary. Like we, we've kind of segregated into this little thing of the strong Christians go be missionaries and the weak Christians stay home and do Bible study. That's kind of what we've done, kind of unknowingly, right? And, but the thing is, when I, when I was raised up in my, my little country Baptist church down there in Neville's, Georgia, a long time ago, don't ask where it's at, you'll never find it unless you've been there. Listen, so, so what happens is, what happens is, you know, when missionaries come and visit and, and share, like Pradeep did a few weeks ago, and, you know, a lot of times when I was a kid, I'd be like, Superstar. This guy is a superstar. He, he is living the dream of every Christian in the world. He's going to the nations and sharing the gospel. I'll never be like him. But in reality, your job here is just as important, guys. Uh, my job as a, as, a, as a 10th grader in that room was just as important for me to go reach my high school as it was for him to go reach the nations. And it's important that we understand that as Christians because all Christians, young, old, are sent. Like, if, you write, if you're taking notes, like go to one of the little side notes there and say, I am sent, and underline it and highlight it. I am sent. We're sent to carry the good news of Jesus to the world. I wish you could, have heard, I wish you could hear more, and I think you probably will, some more of these testimonies. I'm, I've, been, I've been privileged enough to hear a few of the stories that have been told and on a deeper level from the people in this pool this morning, and I, I pray one day that you're able to hear, but what I've seen is I've seen the people who were speaking into their lives be faithful to what God was calling them to do. They were sharing truth. They were being humble. They were loving, and then God worked through their obedience to reach the heart of people who were lost. That's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of Jesus working through his church to reach the lost. And that's what we're called to do. But listen, you have to ask yourself this question this, you know, I am, I am sent, but like God, God, where? Where and how? Like, where do I, where, what do you want me to do? You start where you're at and you allow God to move you where he wants you to go. That could be across your street. It could be across the globe. It could be in the cubicle next to you that you're working with. Listen, either one are possibilities in your life. But what, what's I've seen happen in my own life, in my own family's life, you have to ask yourself, if God called you, if God called you, you around this room, just make it personal. If God called me, if he said, go, share the gospel with someone at your job, or what if he said, share the, share the gospel to the ends of the earth, to the country that I will show you that you don't even know where it's at, you don't even know where it's at on the map, but I'm telling you to go there. Listen, what if he says for you guys in here who have children, I want your son to go. What if your son comes or your daughter comes and says, hey, dad, I think I'm supposed to be a missionary. There's some people in this room who's like, hey, no. There's some people in here like, yeah, let's, let's do this thing. Let's, let's figure this out. But listen, a lot of times, you know, Christians, so-called Christians would shut down the voice of the Holy Spirit because it doesn't fit within our agenda that we've created for our own lives. And that's the submission that has to happen in the church. 
Because if, if that's the case, if we've created this agenda that we don't allow God to touch, which, what you've done is you've created an idol. You're no longer worshiping Jesus, you're worshiping an idol. And it's important that you understand that because we have to, we've removed ourselves from the purposes from which we've been created, which was to bring God glory. And as we look in Scripture right now in a second, the whole of Scripture, we see God's plan is to have his glory to reach the entire earth. This, and this has, this has been his intention from the beginning, from, creating, from creation it has been that. You look in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living thing that moves on the ground. And if you look in that scripture, after that little colon, it says, fill the earth and subdue it. And if you look deeper into there and you study some of those, the wording in there, filling the earth, it can literally be talking about filling the earth with my glory. Because the glory of God rests inside of you because you're made in the image of God. And the more that you come alive in Christ, you've been made, you, you, you've been coming the complete picture of who God's created you to be. Your, God's glory is being spread. God's glory is being spread. God's glory is being spread. And we're called to fill the earth with God's glory and subdue it. Then in Genesis 8, you can look. We don't have a verse on the stream, but you can go there later. Genesis 8, after the flood, he gives the same command to Noah. Fill the earth. Then God made a covenant with Abraham. I'm, doing you, I'm doing, going through the Old Testament here pretty quickly. God made a covenant with Abraham where he created the nation of Israel. He created the nation of Israel, called them my chosen people, and he told Abraham that he would bless the entire world through him. And if you look deeper, it says he, he said all nations will be blessed by Israel. This points to Jesus. If you're reading your Bible, we're going to do a series next year. I'm not sure what it's going to be called, something like the whole story or something. We're going to look from Genesis to Revelation how Jesus is on every page of Scripture. And we're going to look at that. But that, this is what it's saying. This pointed to Jesus. You can look at Psalms 2, verse 8. God's heart. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. We ask God this all the time. Isaiah 27, 6. In days to come, Jacob will take root, Israel will blossom and bloom and fill the whole earth with fruit. I don't have time to explain all that right now. Habakkuk 2, verse 14. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Matthew 8, 11. This is Jesus. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west and will recline with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 24. The good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed in all the earth as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Revelation 7, probably my favorite. After this, I looked, and there was a vast multitude from where? Every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, which no one could number. Could you imagine seeing that? I can't wait to see that. It's amazing. They were robed in white with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And because all of this is true, because the scriptures are true, what is there, our role as a church? As the people of God, what is our role? Look in Romans 10. If you turn there, Romans 10, verse 12 through 15, I want you to follow along. It says, for there is now no difference between Jew and Gentile. This totally destroys every racial barrier in the world, right here. That one sentence destroys every barrier that, that is put in place for someone coming to Christ. The barriers are gone. The, the chains are off. It says this, 
The same, the same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a great promise, right? How then can they call on the name of the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And so where are we in this, guys? For those of you who are Christians in this room, bring it back in for a second. And just ask yourselves, where are you in this whenever life just gets busy? Where are you in this whenever you just got to go through the rotations of your week? Well, I got to go to work. I got to take care of my kids. I've got to do this. I've got to do this, 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 this. Now repeat. Do it again. Got to do this this week. Do this this week. Do this. Where are you at in this, in this arena of, of going and, and sharing Jesus with people? Does it bother us that people are dying that don't know Jesus? Does it even bother us at all? Does it bother us that there are people that have a false sense of who Jesus is because of a false teacher? That should terrify us. Are we aware of the battle that's, on, that's raging right now for your souls? Are you aware of the warfare that's happening, the distractions of this world that are coming against your mind to take your mind away from what God says is already put inside of you from the beginning? Are, 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 you, are you aware of those things? Because I want to share something with you this morning that's kind of harsh, but anything that takes your eyes off of God or his mission is your enemy. Anything that takes your eyes off of God and the mission that he sets your life on is your enemy. So where are you personally in this? Like, look what Paul says. Let's look at verse, uh, chapter 15. We'll look at uh, verses 18 through 21, and it says this. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. What that's saying is I won't say anything other than what Christ has done in my life. It's not about me. It's about him. I want to share with the world what God has done through me, what God has done through him, what Jesus. By, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God, so from Jerusalem all the way down to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel of Christ was what? Not known. So that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who are not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. Guys, the distance between Jerusalem and Illyricum was about 1,000 miles. If you look at it, it's about 1,000 miles. This was, Illyricum was literally the ends of the earth for Paul. It was as far as he could think about going, taking the gospel, because they had not heard. Paul's heart was to carry the gospel to places that Christ has not been known before, where Jesus has never been um, shared. And don't get me wrong, guys, there, there are places in this community right outside of these doors where Christ is not fully known. There's places in this city where Christ is not fully known. And that's why us as a body are called and sent to be the hands and the feet of Jesus fully alive, fully alive spiritually to be able to go out and share him with other people, taking his glory to the ends of the earth. And so don't get me wrong in this. There, there are places that Jesus is not fully known, but people have a skewed sense of who Jesus is. Our culture has created this these versions of Jesus that aren't offensive and agree with everything that we agree with. And I want to tell you right now, if Jesus agrees with everything you agree with, then you're not worshiping the Jesus of the Bible. Everyone is not called to be a full-time missionary, guys, but every person who knows and follows Jesus is called to live on mission. 
And it's important to understand that because we all have a role that we're called to, whether it's across the street, whether it's across the globe. Remember, I said a minute ago that the mission of God is not divided, it's holistic. And like we said last week, every person that's saved on this side of heaven owes the gospel to every unsaved person this side of hell. And it's important that we hear that and understand it and get on mission in that because what this means is you might be called to the nations. Pin drop. You might be, but are you in a place where you can hear that? Is your life so secure and so, so segregated from God that you can't hear that if he calls you? You might be called to be on a church planning team that we send out one day. You might be called to stay here and invest in this church and love people in your community and share the gospel right where you're at. The only thing I ask as a pastor is that you would just ask the question, God, what's your will? And God, give me the strength to obey. Show me what to do. Because we're all called to leverage our lives to see God's glory spread throughout the ends of the earth. And this looks very different. There's, there's a four different ways I, kinda, I can kind of see this looking. Because in the context of, of global buy-in, I think there's, there's four different areas. I think uh, we've sh- I've shared this in here before, but you have the goers. This is the first one. You have the goers, the people that are going to go. Um, you have the people that are going to go to the front lines as a warrior. They're going to go to the nations. They're going to go to the. They're going to go on the trips. They're going to go full time. They're going to go to the places that, that that everybody just won't go. Then you'll have the senders. You have the people that send the goers. We call the senders the rope holders. This is basically. This looks like if someone says they'll go into the pit, someone has to hold the rope while they go. Right? Can you see that visual? I'm going to hold the road while you go, and I got you. I'm going to send you. These people are the ones that give their resources, send their prayers. They, they, they send the goers. You go, I'll give, and I'll pray. And I'll, I'll pray every day that you're gone. You have the mobilizers. This is the third one, the mobilizers. These guys are very strategic. They're strategic in what the, the goers are going to do. They're, they're motivators. They're, they're people that get the, the crowd going. They're the people that get the, the church rallied around the people that are going. They get the people um, to catch the mission and the vision. Um, they're the educators. They educate the people about the mission. They, they, get them, they get the church mobilized. And then lastly, and there's probably a few more, you have the welcomers. These are my people who always argue with me about we got enough to do right here. Why we got to go over there? This is for you. God has brought the nations to our doorstep. There's 16 unreached people groups represented in Savannah. That's amazing. God's doing the work for us. He's saying, you don't want to go? Well, guess what? I'll bring them to you. Now go talk to them. Listen, it's important that we understand that we're welcoming these people in, not as invaders or not as this or that. We need to welcome these people as the image bearers of God so that we can share the love of Jesus with the people that don't know who Jesus is. So the question is, will you go to them? I mean, 10 minutes down the road as they're moving into our city city and just love on them and just say, man, I don't I don't know how to speak your language. It might be kind of awkward, but whatever, you know, let's just, uh, let's just see what happens. My, my wife and I, we got involved with one of our partners that I'm going to share about in a moment. Um, and we went down and I, we were working with a family that I think was from Syria and they were, they were refugees. And we went and visited with them three or four times. And literally, I got my phone out. I got Google Translate out. I said some stuff. That's how we talked for like three hours at a time. 
And it was very weird, but it, but it was awesome. We started forming relationships. We started having meals together. And that's what it's about is doing life together. Being able to share the love of Jesus with other people that don't know it. Because, guys, your role in the mission may change as your life gets older. As you get older, it may change from stage to stage. But the one thing that never changes is that you are a follower of Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus in this room, you are in service to the king. And you're, you never retire from his service. And that's, that's the part is, guys, I know there's people in this room that have, that have children. How am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do this? Listen, some of the most greatest mission fields are stay-at-home moms. People who are raising up children to be the image bearers of God, to be sent out to the world. And, but, but Satan in, the, in our culture doesn't like to tell people that. Your job at home, men, is probably the biggest mission field that you'll ever, ever walk into. How well are we doing it? How well are we, how well are we sharing with our family the love of Christ so that they can be sent and built up and equipped? Because you're called to go. We ask the question, do you promise to go where God says go? Do you promise to do what God says do for the rest of your life? And a lot of people are like, yes, 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 yes. But whenever they step out of the pool, we want to help equip and send and love and encourage those people. Because it's super easy standing in front of 150 people in a pool and say, yes, it looks differently when you get into real life. And that's what we're called along to walk alongside of people and love them and bring them to the feet of the cross, not just at salvation, but at every life's turn. And it's important today that we understand this. We have, I have one point. One point. Um, it's this. God's purposes in Scripture have to be the foundations for our purposes in life. Everything you do in life should be based on what God says in this book. If it's not, then there's an issue with us calling ourselves followers of Jesus. And I'm not saying that rudely or ugly. I'm saying that truthfully because if you look in Scripture as a follower, it means I'm taking my steps after the Father. And here's the sad part of how our culture has taught us about Jesus. If, you're, if, if your life is not being lived as a part of God's mission and purposes, then it is a purposeless life. And it hurts me to say it, but it is. Like, if we, we can do some really good things, but in the end, when we stand before the Father, what is that going to be? What is it going to mean? What are we going to be able to say here? Father, this is yours. This was my life lived for you. Or are we going to be able to say, here are some bits and pieces of my life here. Here's some over here that I live for you. I followed you here, but not so much here. Oh, I did this over here, but not so much here. Listen, we are supposed to live on mission for him in every turn. And guys, this is not one of those, those, those sermons where you're like, well, what do I do? What do I do? There's one thing that you do. You bow your head. You say, Father, I love you. Help me love you more. Show me what to do. Give me the strength to do it. It's, no, it's not any harder than that. And you just do what he says do. And you go where he says go. This is clear in Scripture, and it understands that this hits, this hits us at the core of our pride because we don't get to choose what the mission of God is or what it is because the mission of God is clear in Scripture, and it's confirmed to us in Scripture as we read it. So do you want to see your life as a believer come alive? I'm assuming in here, okay, I, this, this, I assume probably too much, but I assume, I, I'm just assuming that everybody in this room wants to follow Jesus or wants God or wants to live a good life, right? I, I, nobody's here this morning by chance and, and they're just like, you know what? I don't even care. I don't, I don't really care, really. 
If you didn't really care, you wouldn't have come. God has you here for a purpose. And I'm assuming that you have uh, a desire to follow Jesus. For those of you in here who have lived a life of, of religion or just checking out the boxes of your faith, if you want to see yourself come alive in Christ, then you must be about fulfilling God's plans and purposes for the world. There's no other way around that. You, they haven't changed since creation. That's what makes it easier. You read Genesis to Revelation, and guess what? Fill the earth with my glory. Care for the poor. Care for the broken. Care for the orphan. Share the gospel with the people who don't know about it. Reach the unreached. Super easy. I read it. Okay, I didn't do that. God, okay, I'm going to go do it. Be obedient to what it says. Because until everyone has heard the message of the gospel, we have a very urgent job to do within the walls of this church to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And this isn't about a church preference, guys. This is not about a church preference or what one church believes or what one church does or doesn't do. This is about, this isn't about, I don't, I don't like that this church talks so much about missions and outreach so much. I don't like it. Listen, everybody, every body of believers, every church must have the mission of God as their sole purpose of existence. If it's not, it, there's an issue. Like our culture has created this passivity and this consumerism in the culture and it's bleeding over into the church and it goes directly against how God's children are called to live. C.S. Lewis, probably one of my favorite authors, he says, the, the more often we feel without acting, the less we'll ever be able to act. And in the long run, the less we'll ever be able to feel. So the more that we feel God's moving in my heart and we don't act, the less that we'll ever be able to act. And in the long run, the less we'll ever be able to feel because God's voice will get lesser and lesser in our heart as we begin to ignore him more and more and more. And our heart in this place is to kill this trend in the church. We want to be a first-generation church that's leveraging our time, our treasure, and our talent to see the kingdom built in this place to be able to send it out. C.S. Lewis also said the church exists for nothing else but to draw men to Christ. The church exists for nothing else but to draw men to Christ. There's no other reason. Sure, we have a band, and sure, we have worship, and sure, we have a sermon, and sure, we have these things we want to do for your children and your students and your life. But the reason that we do everything in this place is to build you up and to equip you to be able to do what God's called you to do with your life, to put you on mission, to see you walk out obediently the life that God's called you to live. Not so that you could come in here and consume the things that are being done as like you're at a Walmart or something. We have to see there are many ways God chooses to draw people to himself. And, and, but in scripture, most often it presents itself this way as this happening through the local church. And when you see in Acts 2 how the believers enjoyed fellowship and served together and they, they met together and they worshiped together. But then guess what happened? Acts 2, 47. It says, the Lord added to their number, how often? Daily. Those who are being saved. And what did the church do other than be faithful in their following of Jesus? They met together. They loved, they loved each other. They cared for one another. They were generous. They walked alongside of one another, encouraged each other. And people saw the love and the unity in that body. And they were added daily, those who were being saved. And this is why at our church, we have a value statement that says, every member is a missionary. 
Every member is a missionary. We believe every member of Connection Church is called to be on mission. The, the question is no longer if we're called. The question is only where we're called and how we're called. Where are we going and how am I going to get there? Is it my office? Well, then I'm going to get there in my car and then I'm going to ask God to give me the, the, the power and the energy to be able to say the things I need to say. The call to follow him is the call to bow our knee and to be sent and then to send. In the Bible, guys, we find no gap in the call to follow Jesus and the call to engage in God's mission. Like The call to follow Jesus comes hand in hand with being on mission with Jesus. Like if you say, hey, I, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. Then when you say, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus, you step into that arena. Guess what? You stepped into a mission. You stepped into a mission that Jesus has set the church on a long time ago. Hudson Taylor, a missionary to China. If you've never read his biography, if you've never read, seen any videos of his life, I would encourage you to do that as soon as possible because it will encourage you. Hudson Taylor left everything he knew. One day after church, he stood on the shores of the ocean. His church was near the ocean, apparently. That's where the story goes. And he just said, I'm, and this, let me tell you, I'm not going to butcher this story, but basically what happened was he felt the, the urgency in his heart to engage in the mission of God. And he looked behind him and he, he saw the people at his church laughing and having a great time in the comfort of their church while people across the oceans were dying and going to hell. And he did not, it didn't sit well with him. And so he got on a boat very quickly after that and went and started the China Inland Mission. And he said this, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered, but a command to be obeyed. And we want to see every member of Connection Church obey the Great Commission that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28 and be an active part of reaching the nation, whether that says a prayer, I'm going to pray, a sender, I'm going to send people, or a goer, whether that's going across the street, across the office, across the nations, it's important. So you're like, Michael, how are we going to do this? Like, how, how are we planning on accomplishing these huge goals that God has put in our hearts well, it's simple. Isaiah 26. Trust in the Lord forever. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is the rock eternal. He's the one that gives us all things that we need. He's the one that gives us the things that we need for life, for ministry, for holiness. Guys, we believe that God has called us to depend on him and him alone. And we believe God has called us to invest in the local church, to him, to reach the communities, and to go to the nations. Since the beginning of Connection Church, guys, we've prayed and we've fasted, and over and over again, we've seen God answer. Don't look past that. Don't look past last year as we prayed and we fasted. We had nowhere to meet. Now look around you today. God's faithfulness. Not, the, faithfulness, the faithfulness didn't come in the form of a building. The faithfulness came in the form of a tool to be used to reach the nations. This building is a tool. It's not the end goal. That this building that God provided for us last year when we were praying is not the end goal. We set a goal last year to raise money to see it. God blew it out the water. Don't overlook what God does through his faithfulness. Guys, in just a moment, we're going to have a time where you can literally, we're going to go into a time of commitment, and we're going to, and we're going to look and see what God is having us to do. What does he want us to do? Because all of this is going to be determined, guys. Everything we ask our church, our body to do, to get on board with, is going to be about determining our level of investment. We can only go as far as we are invested and in rooted in the mission of God together and taking ownership of it. 
Guys, I believe we'll be a church that changes our world. I believe a whole group of people in this world that has never been reached will be reached because of the existence of Connection Church Savannah. I believe that God is moving us in that direction. But the question is to you. And it all comes back to the question of, does God get your first and your best in all things? And a lot of you this morning are in here and you've, you, some of you may be visiting and um, listen, this is the heart behind our church. We do this once a year. But a lot of you have joined the mission of connection through going through heart and soul. And heart and soul is kind of like our membership class, but it kind of gives you a, a heart behind what we do. And, and we don't want a long list of members. We want a, a long list of people who are heart and soul behind the mission and vision. Some of you are still kicking the tires. Like, I don't know if this is for me or not. As you walked in this morning at the end of the hall, you can see a banner hanging in the hall that has names written on it where people are saying, after they take heart and soul, they'll write on there that, you know, I'm, I'm all in with the mission and vision and connection. I'm heart and soul if what, for what God's doing here in this moment. And in just a few minutes, as you're led, we want to give you an opportunity as a way of declaring to God, today, Lord, I'm all in with what you're doing in this world. I'm all in in what you're doing in my life, and I'm all in with this body of believers and the way that you're doing, the way that you're working, God, we are all in with the mission and vision that you've given us as a body. We want to be a church that goes first. We want to be a church that, that gives our first and our best to see your kingdom built here. Lord, use us. God, use us. But before we do that, I just feel the need. I need to share with you this morning that um, the reason why these people were baptized this morning is because they turned the keys of their life over to a, to a good Savior. They realized they couldn't do life on their own anymore. They realized that Jesus was the only way back to God. They realized the hole in their heart was the place where Jesus was meant to feel. And this morning, and before we go any further in this message as, we, as we're about to close, I just want to share with you, and you, you may be, have been in church your entire life. You may have never been in church uh, you, know, you know, at all. You, you may be kind of coming back for the first time. But my question is, you're not going to understand anything I've said today. And you probably looked at me crazy if your life is not submitted to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And this morning, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you've never turned your life over to Jesus, if you've never said, Jesus, you are what I need. You are what I'm looking for, Father. You are, you are my all in all. Lord I, Lord, I can't do life without you, Father. Because listen, the answer is to that question or that, that statement is you can't. Because you've lived a life full of sin. Like we, sin came into the world at the beginning, and it's important. The only way that we can be saved from our sins is through Jesus, through his blood on the cross and through his resurrection. That is the gospel, that Jesus made a way when there was no way. God sent his son so that you could have a way back to him, back to the Father. And the only way back to the Father is through Jesus, the son. He declares that in the gospels. We read this in Romans. And it's important to understand that this morning, if you're trying to do life on your own, you're going to continue to struggle. You're going to continue to fight and you're going to continue to lose. And so this morning, if you realize there's something in your life that you need and you know this morning that's Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to make a decision to say, hey, Michael, guess what? I, I don't know what I'm feeling. I know I have questions. I know that I'm not following Jesus, but I know this morning that I want to. And if that's you, I just want you to do something really bold and courageous because Jesus did something very bold and courageous whenever he was lifted up on the cross and for the world to see. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand in the air so that you can say, hey, I'm taking a public stand and saying, Jesus is my Lord. I want to follow him. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? Because we want to celebrate with you. Is that anybody? 
Amen. All right. Got a couple here. Birds, would you pray with this Can we pray with you? Thank you so much. Is there anybody else? Eric, Eric, play that little, that young man by there. Amen. That's awesome. Guys, give them a hand. That's awesome. Celebrate them. Guys, we want to take that a step further and celebrate what God's done this year. Guys, that's now 36 people since we've launched this church that have come from death to life in Christ. And guys, he's given us an opportunity to join him where he's already working and opening doors for us this coming year. As we're about to go into this time of above and beyond of, of our offering that we take a year, every year to, to see us launch further out into our communities. We believe that he's going to give us the opportunity to serve, to give, and to, to, to give to these ministry partners that we're going to be partnering with. You can see on the screen um, some of these partners that we're going to start um, partnering with. Or, um, it's, these are people that we're, that we're working with. It's, we're going to start uh, the Dream Campaign. The Dream Campaign is downtown. Um, the people that run it actually go to our church. They, they work with urban youth and their families. They give them opportunities. Um, they cast vision to, to help them discover their dreams and their goals, to put them into a life situation that they not normally would have. Those are the people that we're going to help during our, um, our Christmas party. And this is such a beautiful ministry. Um, we're, um, I've, I've, we've met with the, uh, the floods about the, the Hope Academy. We're going to start partnering with them to see the refugees and the different people in our community who they reach. Um, like I said earlier, there are 16 unreached people groups in Savannah that have never heard the name of Jesus. Through their ministry, they're, being, they're, they're, they're able to do that. So we want to partner with them financially and through serving with them and alongside of them. Um, this is a ministry that won't, uh, that's going to take some serious commitment and some serious people. So it won't be a huge people, a lot of people going to that probably, but we'll have people planning in those ministries to be able to see um, the nation's reach right here in our community. Um, there's a lady and a, there's a, there's a husband and a wife in our community, our church right now that have started a ministry called One. It's called the One Ministry. Their goal is to love, unite, and to build to love all people, to unite the community, and to build uh, relationships in the communities. And I want to tell you right now that, we're, that that's, the, that's the group that goes out to Chatham Apartments um, twice a month to serve and to love on the people out there, to give those kids out there something to do on a weekend that has the name of Jesus being declared every week. And then the Living Vine, we have a couple of, couple of our connect groups that go, uh, this is a crisis pregnancy place where women um, come in and they're, they're, they're taught life skills, they're taught the gospel, they're taught Christian principles, they're cared for, they're taught how to take care of themselves, how to, how to do life um, as, as a functioning uh, member of society, they're, they're loved on. And our, our two connect groups that go out there and serve are loving on them, uh, they're doing tasks, they're doing uh, housework for them, they're loving on them, and they're forming relationships in a way that's going to provide a way for us to be able to share the gospel with them. And that's a beautiful thing. And not just that, guys, not just here in Savannah, but the world. 
We're seeing partnerships with the Fallon House. That's um, Eric and Bridget's ministry in Haiti that we go to every year. We're going to start seeing things like vitamins, baby formula, support with health. We want to give to see those things be provided for the mission trips that are coming up in July. We want to give to see an ongoing um, flow of resources being sent to the ministries that we're supporting with our people because we don't want to send our people where we're not sending our resources, right? Within Reach Global, that's our Thailand partnership. We're looking to, to send a group to Thailand, and guess what we're bringing to them? The gospel. There's 400 unreached people groups within the areas where they reach. Unto the least of his is a ministry that um, four people in our church have had to go, um, had the first-hand experience going to Kenya to, to, to help dig a water well, to, to, to provide clean water, and to provide clean food for people in the Samburu region of, of northern Kenya. Right now, there's a false gospel being preached of prosperity. We want to be a church that not only goes and plants water wells, food, but we also want to plant churches that preach the true gospel. So they're able to hear the true gospel and not a false gospel. These people are hungry for the word because guess what happens when you plant water in their community? You create influence in their community. And it's important that we see that. And then finally, the Druze Project. This is a, this is a groundbreaking, this is a uh, foundational ministry that um, one of our ministry partners uh, called Team Expansion is trying to start in Israel, Syria area. So this is going to be a lot of prayer involved in this. The Druze people have never heard the name of Jesus in the way that we hear about it in Scripture. They never heard the gospel. And we're, they're an unreached people group that have never been reached. And we've been called on by Team Expansion to pray about possibly being a pace church. A pace church is literally a church that prays and activates and we come together as a body, we send money, we send prayer, and not only that, one day we'll send somebody from our church to live among the Druze people and support them. How cool is that? That's incredible. And so, listen, as we go into our above and beyond, above and beyond offering and commitment time, guys, listen, come and, and, and do what God has told you to do. If you haven't signed the I'm, all, I'm in banner, if you've been through heart and soul, or if you, or if you just want to do it, go sign it and say, listen, God, this is, this is a moment for me and my family, a, 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 a something that I can, that's tangible, that I can see, that I can touch, that I am saying, God, I may have followed you on the fringes, but now I'm following you all in. God, I'm, I'm giving everything and I'm not turning back. As we go into this time, I pray, you know, we're going we're gonna to pray together and then we're going to open up this altar for you to come with your families, for you to give your above and beyond offering and for you to sign that. And then after that, we're going to pray and we're going to be dismissed. But before you come, I want to do the same thing that we're going to do before we send people out in our communities. We're going to pray. Before we send people through the nations, we're going to pray. Before we do anything in this body, we're going to pray. And so as you come and today, come prayerful. I want to pray over this offering, and guys, after I pray, you guys come. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done in this body already. God, I thank you for the three souls this morning who have turned their lives over to you. Jesus, it's, that makes everything worth it, Father. We give you glory for that. Thank you, Father. God, I pray that you would work in the hearts of our body right now, Father. Lord, 
Help us to turn our lives and our hearts to you, Father God. I pray everything that's, that's done here in this place this morning, God, will be about bringing you glory. Everything that's given, Father, will be given to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Father, I pray that every heart that commits to you this morning is being all in or coming back home to you, Father, would be given and done in a way, Father, that is, is surrendering and bending a knee to Jesus and turning away from this culture and turning away from this world and saying, Jesus, you are the reason why I'm alive, so you are the reason that I'm going to pour out my life to do everything in accordance to your word and accordance to your will. So Father, everything that's done here today, Father, we submit to you, Father, to receive every ounce of glory, every ounce of honor and praise, God, because you're the only one that deserves it, Father. So we give you the glory, we give you the honor, we give you the praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.